everybody. Welcome back to BU Podcast. Jill Herman here on the heels of our episode last week where we were talking about all of us as a collective, as women, feeling like we need to do it all and be it all and looking at other women and assuming that they're doing it all and doing it all well when they really aren't. This is a perfect interview to share with you after that discussion. Because this master coach, this unbelievable facilitator and speaker coming to us from Spain is a master at inspiring and teaching women how to unlock, unleash, recognize, welcome in their desire through the embodiment of the feminine. So when we were talking last week about the opposite, feeling like we need to do and be at all. That's the, that's the masculine. So what a great episode to have today. Leslie Saglio is a master coach, a facilitator, and a speaker with expertise spanning over 15 years. From Hollywood executive to startup co-founder to now living and working in Europe, Leslie coaches women to activate their feminine power so they can be happy and free to live a more purposeful and pleasure-filled life. A Los Angeles, California native, wife and mom of two, Leslie is the creator of the Feminine Power and Purpose Immersion and the founder of the On Purpose Collective. She has been featured in Well and Good, Mind Body Green, Thrive Global, as well as internationally with Virgin, YDBSA, OM Yoga and Lifestyle Magazine, Yoga Magazine, and she is a regular facilitator for Soho House. What an honor it is for BU Podcast to welcome Leslie Saglio. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey everyone, so you heard me going on and on about our guest today, Leslie Saglio. And Leslie, I am so, I'm happy, I'm excited, I'm super grateful that you're here and really, really, really know that our listeners are going to love everything you're sharing, but also just love your whole essence. You're so, Leslie's like this, you know when they talk about horse whispers, she's like that for people. <laughs> She is. Um, I've been coached by Leslie. I've coached with Leslie. We were students in a program together where I was a new student really learning and she was an accomplished coach coming in to just, you know, evolve more. And Leslie, what I love about you is this super powerful presence you have, but it's just so like calm and centered. And you don't, you as in me, we don't really know what's there until you unleash it. That's how I see you. You know, you're just so unassuming. You're like that dark horse, but you're this magical dark horse. And you don't really say a lot, but when you do, people are like, oh, shit, hold on. What'd she just say? So I just, I can't wait for them, for everybody to meet you and and just hear your wisdom. And you have just, you have so much experience and wisdom and training. And another thing I will say I love most about you is our listeners have heard me talk about this, that if you're going to get a coach, you better get a coach who has done so much work on themselves. They've turned themselves inside out. 
Leslie is still doing that constantly as a master coach. I mean, she just came back from a retreat and we were talking about it and it was a new experience for her. And just because it was a way for her to grow more. So I love that about you, Leslie, that you're still, still really a student. So welcome to Be a Podcast. Oh, well, thank you, Jill, for having me. Thank you so much for that reflection. And I'm just going to take that in and receive that because that's what the feminine is all about. So thank you so much for that. And it's just been such a pleasure connecting with you through that coaching program and continuing our friendship. And I'm just excited to be here and connecting with you and your listeners. Mm, Thank you. So we could go in so many directions. I feel called to ask you a little bit about yourself first. Before we get into the feminine and what that means and you really teaching us, tell everybody a little bit about you. I mean, not just the typical bio stuff, but like, who is Leslie? Mm, the typical bio stuff. I love that. Who is Leslie? I saw this meme the other day that says, who are you? And don't put in your job title, your age or any of those things. Yeah, I like to kind of start a little bit still from the beginning. I mean, obviously, people, you know me, Jill, I, I have this international life. You know, I, I currently live in Barcelona, Spain, but I'm from California, originally married to a French man, but with two beautiful children while coaching women to activate their feminine power so that they can be happy and free to live a more purposeful and pleasure-filled life. But it was not always like this. You know, I grew up as a child as a brown Asian-American girl in Los Angeles, California, who looked very different from my peers. I struggled with self-worth and confidence. I got teased. I got bullied as a young girl because I was tall. I was dark-skinned on the outside, but had an Irish last name, which didn't match. I wasn't white enough for the white kids. I wasn't Asian enough for the Asian kids and just really was not not an easy road growing up. And so I really yearned for that sense of belonging, right? I, I sought external validation. And that's essentially what drove me really into my masculine to work really hard. I spent the majority of my life just looking outside myself for answers, seeking validation from all the things outside myself and all those shiny objects. And so from so many years, I spent time in my masculine pushing pushing through the pain and striving instead of letting life support me. So in Los Angeles, California, I graduated from the prestigious business school, University of Southern California, worked for one of the top entertainment studios in the world, Warner Brothers. And I was successful in my own right, but still I played small. I lacked confidence, unaware of my self-worth, hardly put up my hand. I did all the things that I grew up was told would fulfill me, but still I felt that there was something missing. And then in London, when I moved my life for my husband, became a mother, I thought that I could find that when I had my kids. I thought for sure that was the missing piece. But I continued being hard on myself. I had feelings of shame, feelings of guilt, because my entire identity up until that point was completely revolved around my work. I defined myself and my worth around my work. And it wasn't really until my childhood best friend passed away from cancer at the tender age of 33 years old that, you know, leaving behind her husband and a son at eight years old, that that changed everything for me. I remember flying from London to Los Angeles by myself. It was a full Virgin Atlantic flight, but yet I felt so alone. And with the plane still on the tarmac, getting ready to take off, I just remember the tears strolling down my face. And I just began to ponder, what if that was me? What if I could have died from cancer, leaving behind my children and my husband? And I didn't know whether or not to keep crying, to wipe up my tears, maybe reach for an alcoholic beverage or turn on a movie, which is normally the the way that I would numb out myself and my emotions. But I realized in that very moment that that pain, there's nothing that can take it away. And as horrible as it was, this was the epiphany that I needed. And so thousands of miles away from everything I ever knew, living in Europe, having to bury my best friend, this was the catalyst that made me really question how I was living up until that point, how I was raising my children, how I was managing my energy, what was I placing importance on, what was I saying no to, what was I saying yes to, that set me on a really deep personal development and spiritual path. 
And then I really just woke up to the fact that no more being a lone wolf, no more going life alone. And so I hired a mentor because I knew that I couldn't do this alone anymore. I took control of my life. I got accountability. I learned the tools and practices to stay in a place of calm and clarity and really just discovered the steps to really get clear on my purpose, busting through my limiting beliefs around my self-worth, became more confident, began to live a more conscious, meaningful and happy life and really turned my pain into my purpose and passion, which is why now I just love helping other women also to really just activate their own feminine power and their purpose so they can really start to make the impact in this world that they know they're being called to make in this world. Mm. It's amazing to me that on that plane, thank you for sharing all that, that on that plane, I mean, think of how many of us, there's no right or wrong here, but how many of us experience a tragedy like that and we don't have that response. We grab the alcohol or we stop crying and we suck it up. We stuff it down and we just keep pushing through life. And if you're hearing this and that's been you, that's not wrong. That's just the path. That's part of your path. It's interesting though, isn't it, Leslie, that that's not what God, universe, whatever word people want to insert, had you do. Like you felt called to do something different. And it's, to me, hearing it, it's your story. So it's so natural to you. But for me hearing it, I'm like, how did that happen? Because you were all on the masculine. You were pushing. You were, you know, fighting for your worth, wanting to prove yourself, wanting to be enough. And then like that with the death of your friend, of course, that's devastating and life-changing. But I think it's fascinating that in that moment, you didn't just say, oh, wow, that could have been me. I need to seize the day and live my best life, which is what a lot of us would say for about six weeks. And then we'd go back to our shit. I personally feel, I have no skin in this game, but I feel that that happened because you were supposed to have this purpose of what you're doing. And this greater force that's in charge said, okay, this is the moment we're going to give her. We're going to put this moment in front of her and she gets to decide. And we're going to keep putting moments in front of her until hopefully she sees that she has this greatness in her to heal people and to make such a difference in the world. And, and you took the first offering. That's, that's just how I'm hearing it. And I'm so just impressed at 33 as a young mom that you, well, you were 33 as well, right? Yeah. That you said yes. So what did that look like? You said you hired a coach and then you quickly talked about feminine. What was it like when you learned that you had been in the masculine? Like who told you that? And what did that feel like? Was that like rocking your world to go, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Rock my world. Exactly. Who rocked your world, Leslie? Who was it? What was their name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Interestingly enough, I didn't have anyone. And I think the best coaches, the best mentors, they don't hand you the answers on a plate, right? On a silver platter. They just ask you powerful questions or they have some type of practice to really allow you to have your own experience and to trust what's happening in your body. What do you feel in that present moment? And that's what I had in the beginning. You know, I worked with a shaman and I worked with a coach and I worked with energy healers. And a lot of what I was experiencing was, it's okay that you're sad, that you're angry. Your tears are sacred. You might be crying for many days, maybe, maybe even weeks. Like think about how many years or decades you've been suppressing all these emotions. It's okay. And just to have someone hold that space for you, like it's really okay. <laughs> you know, you've heard this before with one of our mentors is that the, the healing is in the safety. And a lot of us haven't felt safe for so long. Like we don't even know what that might be. What's the possibility of being safe? And so when we have that, when we have that opportunity, when we have that container, there's so much, there's so much that can be released and healed. And sometimes you don't even, there's no words that need to be exchanged. It's just having that release. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. It's allowing you to see all parts of yourself, accept all parts of yourself, love all parts of yourself, but you can't do that until you find them and you express them, right? You don't even know they're there. And so whoever that was, that mentor that you hired, that first person, I totally get that they didn't need to teach you. Okay, this is masculine. This is feminine. <laughs> but but at some point, was that new to you? Like who had said those words to you? I just think it's fascinating because here I didn't learn this until a year ago. And I was immersed in personal development for years. So do you remember, was it that first mentor that, that said, Leslie, 
the way you've been living, obviously on your own, you realized the way I've been living has been for these reasons. Great question. I, I would say it's accumulation. I think of all my mentors, coaches. Yeah, again, just that powerful question and the reflection and actually having somebody kind of reflect back to you, what is like the healthy masculine and what is the healthy feminine? Because in fact, we all have both energies and Mother Earth has both energies running through the planet as well. And you have, you have the sun, you have the moon, we both, we have all those energies, but it's like, how can you be in a healthy masculine balance with a healthy feminine? So it's really that we've been, most of us as women have been quite imbalanced where we're in too much of our masculine and not enough in our feminine. So Yes, that definitely rocked my world, just all of that. And the fact that also knowing that it's really was no fault to me as well, because it's something that's been carried down through generations, through, you know, my ancestors, through my mother and my grandmother and culture and society. And it's something that's really ingrained in basically not just our paradigm, but our DNA, that this is, this is how women are, quote unquote, supposed to be. And it's not, it's not, it's not sustainable. It's not healthy and it's not the way forward. It definitely wasn't the way a long time ago. So some people listening are saying, oh yeah, I've heard that before. I get that. And some people listening are saying, what are you talking about? What do you mean it's not the way? Like, will you just quickly explain just a quick example of what does it look like for a woman to be in her unhealthy masculine? Mm-hmm. Just maybe a few words. Yeah. So I, I think um, one way to kind of explain unhealthy masculine, which maybe sometimes you also hear referred to as the patriarchy, is some of those ways that can be expressed is maybe you think that um, competition or profit is the goal, or there's a very, you feel like it's, that life is very single pointed focus that maybe you just use your logical left side of your brain and you think really rational, you use data. Maybe you're more practical. Maybe you go at it alone as opposed to really leaning into support and collaborating. Where on the other end of the spectrum, being more in your feminine, it's really about connection. It's about collaboration over competition. It's about tapping into your intuition having empathy and using your right side of the brain, which is the more intuitive and creative side. It's about nurturing relationship and seeking consensus and seeking community and sisterhood. Does that kind of answer your question? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Because this is really old hat for you. You're a master coach. You've been living this and you said you started doing your own work at 33. But we have a lot of people listening who are so excited to learn. They don't even know where to start. And so pausing and just reminding us, okay, what does it even mean is very helpful. Okay. So after you had this major life awakening, I also heard you talk about you worked with a shaman and you worked with spiritual healers. We have people that listen that are really afraid of that. They're curious yet afraid, or they've been conditioned and programmed by religion, institutions, church, and they're very uncomfortable with that. What would you say to them? I would tell them you're not alone. I totally get it. I raised my hand. (laughs) I was right there with you. But I really was at a point, like on my knees, like, why did this happen to my best friend? What do I do with these emotions? I have to still like get up every day and raise my children and put food on the table and inside. I just want to scream. I'm actually angry at God. Like, why did this happen to her? And I figured what have I got to lose? (laughs) What have I got to lose to see somebody that might actually help me get through this? And that's what it took for me. And I will say this, it may seem a little woo-woo to some, but again, it's about having your own experience and energy healers and shamans. I mean, we're all made up of energy. It's, it's, it's quantum physics. It's not woo-woo. And shamans, they work with Mother Earth. They work with the seasons. They work with the water, the earth, the fire. Like These are all things that have been there way before iPhones and internet. Like This is, this is who we are. This is actually where we've come from. But we've, we've forgotten it for so long. So it sounds woo-woo when in fact, this is ancient spiritual wisdom that has been forgotten or 
you know, consciously suppressed through the ages, whether people believe it or not through religion. I grew up very religious. My mom's very religious. So I'm right there with you. Like I'm the total black sheep of the family. And I, and I get that. I get that it, it can feel a bit weird. It feels a bit strange. But again, I think it's all about having your own experience and, and knowing that like I by no means have placed anything that one thing is superior than another. But I do believe when you're in a space where you can really feel the connection that we are really, we're all one. And I know that's really corny or cheesy, but when you really do this work, you can, it, when you, when you feel who you are beyond this skin suit and the soul, the person that you are, the spirit that you are, when you're connected to that, then you have the ability to see that in other people. And then you're able to wake up to this kind of consciousness that yes, we're all connected and how I eat and the purchases I make, how that's going to affect the mother earth. And how's that going to affect the planet for my children and my grandchildren? Like it's all connected. And I think also with, with lockdown and what's been happening around the world, when everything had to shut down, I, I think everyone realized how connected we really are. Like you have one person that has this virus and then all of a sudden it spread like wildfire and how it affected other people, how it affected the world, economy, school, education. So we are more connected than, than we probably like to think we are. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I know that for me, and I think we've talked about this, but it's interesting because I don't normally, when we're recording on interviews, often say in an interview, Okay, hold on. Will you say this to our listeners? I I actually hardly ever do that, but I felt really called to do that because I could just feel that, you know, a lot of us in this BU podcast with BU Collective come from a lot of religion and religious. When I say programming, I don't, I don't say that with any disrespect, but, and many of us, many who are still hanging on to their religion, which is beautiful, but they're still open. And this is a safe place for them to gently just open up a little and and hear from someone like you. So I I really appreciate you pausing for a moment and addressing that. So I feel you've just created a safe container for them, for them to be able now to go into, you know, what we're going to dig into even more, which is really your, I'll call it expertise, but it's really your gift is, I don't want to say helping women, but I had a coaching experience with you. And what was so beautiful is the way I watched you show, invite, and show another woman how to get into her body on Zoom with the three of us, right? Create a safe enough space that she felt comfortable standing up, moving to some music, getting into her body. And then you also were able to safely segue into, okay, how is that connected to your female essence? How is that connected to not just allowing and receiving, but, but your female power? Like, so what does that mean to you, uh, the female power and getting into that? Mm. Well, a lot of our power comes from our ability to experience pleasure <laughs> and not, not safely or thinking we can have that experience is a trauma response. So when we allow ourselves the ability to feel the anger, the rage, the sadness, the grief, whether that's through body movement or dancing or release writing or like a primal screamer or whatever the somatic based tool practice may be, once we're able to release, again, these emotions, it's energy. Emotions is energy in motion. So once we're able to release any of that energy, that stuck stagnant energy, which a lot of it is not even ours. It's from other people. It's from generations that we're just holding on to and we're carrying. Once we can create that space and we have the energetic real estate to literally have this spaciousness to actually ask ourselves and, and listen, what is it that I want? What is it that I desire? What is it that I'm feeling and what's present for me? not somebody else that's telling me what I should do, how I should be, or how I should feel. And that's the power. So as soon as we're able to release all that stuck and stagnant energy, and again, all of this is welcome. We need the anger, the sadness, the rage, the grief, all of it is welcome. That's how we experience our, this human life is through, through contrast. But 
until we can actually release that in a healthy way, then we're able to fill ourselves up with pleasure. Then we're able to realize that that was just a trauma response. And my God-given right, my body is actually built for pleasure. And it's through our pleasure that there is our feminine power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> I mean, that that's it. I mean, that right there is the meat of the sandwich. In my experience, I just want to just go back to what you said and just, I just want to reflect it back to make sure I'm hearing you and to make sure we're all hearing you. And I think it even bears repeating that that power lives in every single female. She has to be willing to release the stuck energy that's covering it up, almost like concrete, right? And when she breaks that open and is able to release that, which can only happen in a safe container where she feels safe and welcome to do so, then when she releases that, then, and I will say, and only then will she really start seeing what she's made of. Mm. So that's power. But also you're saying the power is the desire. Her, her ability to give herself permission to experience pleasure. And we're talking all kinds of pleasure, right? We're not just talking about sexual pleasure, like pleasure in feeling the wind on your skin, right? Feeling the rain on your skin, the way that fabric feels against your skin. Give more examples of pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So pleasure, like when I talk about turn on and and from my mentor, we don't mean like dripping wet turn on, although that's great too. (laughs) We mean like what you're saying. It's like nourishing yourself with gorgeous whole organic foods. It means taking a bath. It means getting a mani-pedi. It means taking off your shoes and walking on the grass and earthing yourself with mother earth. It's doing those things that really fill you up so that you can give from your overflow. It's something that, you know, you and only you, like it could be different for different people, but obviously there's things that are great for, for most of us, but maybe someone just, they love to play their instrument. Maybe they love to go for a swim. Maybe there's someone that loves to do a certain type of yoga. Like there's something that nourishes your soul. And I will say this, that yes, through our pleasure, there's our power, but also in sistering, also in being with other women that are speaking the same language, that basically you're there to uplift each other. You know, one of my mentors said that a rising tide lifts all boats. So when we are with other women and we're able to be seen, a lot of us don't feel seen. We don't feel heard. But if we can have that container and not just with a coach, although yes, that's important, but when we do it with other women, that's where a lot of the healing and transformation takes place, which is why I'm very passionate about doing this work with a group of women so that they can experience that. Because a lot of us do have wounding from girls when we were younger, our mother. So that's carried on with us into adulthood. And that's part of the healing as well. It's interesting. I would have not expected you to say that because it's so new to me. I've always been such a loner. I've always done everything on my own. I enjoy being by myself, which isn't a bad thing, but in the unhealthy way, as you said you were, I've always been that way where I don't feel like I fit in when I'm with a group of women. I always feel like I'm being judged, even though I'm not, right? It's me judging myself. I feel inadequate, insecure, and I just want to go off by myself. It doesn't matter the situation, Leslie. My husband bought me tennis lessons five years ago. And I was in the one group lesson and I was like, nope, too much chatter, too much chit chat, need to get down to figuring out how to play this game and play it well, bye-bye. I did one lesson and I switched to private lessons and I was like, got it. And I just wanted to be on my own. I wanted to conquer it quickly. I wanted to be good at it quickly. And I didn't want to be, I don't need to bond with anybody. (laughs) When I was in network marketing, I had a, a huge team, like a business, a huge team of women, yet I was sort of the lone sheep because I was the one that had the really big business. And then I had all these beautiful women that were in the community, but I never felt connected. And I realize now it's because I was disconnected from myself. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I know there are other women who are high achievers that have been in that mode for a while. When you just said that the power is also in community, I would love to tell you that that's you know, something I would have said, but it's not. As you said it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm still learning. You're right. They just heard me talk about my experience dancing in the moonlight with these women. 
who I had never met before. We were so different. These women and me were so different. I stuck out like a sore thumb. And I never felt more at home. I never felt more connected and supported. And I could feel, I could feel that energy with all of us and that support. Mm. Oh, I love that. And thank you for sharing, Jill, and just reflecting that. And just, I'm sure you're a mirror. We're all mirrors for each other here. I mean, we all just resonate with each other. Your listeners, you and me, we're all here for, for a reason because we are mirrors of each other. And just exactly what you shared, that was my story. And it's still sometimes my story to this day. I have to consciously like, okay, I'm going to lean in for support. I'm going to talk to this woman about it. I'm going to collaborate over comp- you know, competition. Like it's, it's work. It's work because if you think about years and decades of thinking, no, I'm going to do it all myself. It's all about doing it myself and giving. It's all about the output, the output. Yes. It's like, what about receiving? <laughs> what about receiving? And yes, we're not meant to do life alone, which is a big, I think a big lesson for me as well. I mean, even, well, you know, with my accident that happened this summer, I'm still learning. <laughs> the universe is still throwing me curveballs and you know, we are meant to experience this life so that we can, that we can expand and we can evolve. So I love that you shared that. And, and yes, I think there's so much beauty and healing when we do this work with other women. And I don't think you're very different than much of us. I always feel the same way as well. Whenever I'm in a group of women, I'm like, I'm the one that sticks out like a So I think we're all just thinking that, <laughs> but in fact, we're all just beautiful mirrors of each other. Mm-hmm. So you brought up your accident and it's interesting because I was feeling called to bring up the question of, you know, one thing I I learned in Elementum Coaching Institute is that, because I never knew this, that the difference between a coach and a therapist is that a coach will be human in front of you. A coach will say, they won't bring their shit into the room, but they will be vulnerable and say, you know, I've struggled with this or I still deal with this. So I was going to ask you, what is a lesson that you still are being taught that you haven't mastered yet that you're still processing through even as a master coach, even as someone who has been doing such, not just some work. I mean, you've been working with the best in the world for years and doing the work on yourself and in yourself on your own, which you know is where all the power is. For years, what is something that you are still being faced with that's that's showing up for for Leslie, Leslie the human. And then you brought up the accident. And I thought, oh, we are meant to talk about that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for that reflection, Jill. I would say probably the thing that's most present for me, which was actually my master project, <laughs> which was an internal shift, was intimacy. So I have this thing that I'm consciously working on this year is, is intimacy with yeah, I'll put my hand up with my husband. I've been with him for 16 years, right? So we can, 16 years, two kids later, like it's normal, you know, you kind of just get in a routine, but I just really wanted to experience something deeper and more connected with my husband. And not to say that it is much deeper and connected than what I was raised um, with my parents. And I also just want something even more for myself and for my children to experience. Um, and also just intimacy, just relating with other people. So just going back to being a lone wolf and 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 being a high achiever and kind of just burying myself in my work. That's kind of what I did. You know, I mentioned how I had this longing for a sense of belonging when I was younger. So instead, I just buried myself in my work. I was a high achiever. I performed rigid patterns. So yes, checked all the boxes, did all the things. And then for what? At the cost of what? It's like, I do all the things, but yet, okay, now I'm doing all the things and my work and my life is purposeful, but still there's got to be a balance for me. There's still got to be a balance. And that's what I actually love about my husband. Like, okay, so my husband doesn't do meditation and yoga, but he is very much like social butterfly. He likes to play tennis. Like he's very, we're very much the same, but very much different. So he actually challenges me to go outside my comfort zone to be social, to go to certain events and and things where normally I'm happy to stay at home. (laughs) So I think that's my growth edge is in relationship with my husband and other people. It's like, it's okay to share yourself. It's okay. You can step away from your work a little bit 
because I tend to make an excuse like, well, my work is purposeful, like it's okay. But no, that's again, that's a trauma response. I'm burying myself in front of my computer instead of going out and being a human and connecting with other humans <laughs> in real life. Yes. Before we get into the accident and what intimacy means, will you just park here for a minute for me? And, and just briefly, and we could go off for another hour, but a few times in the episode, you've talked about trauma response. I've talked about it several times on the podcast, but quickly explain, will you, what does that mean? It's a trauma response for you to bury yourself and numb. Yeah. So a trauma response is a biologically, physiologically correct response based on um, something that has happened um, to you in your past, normally your childhood. And whether it was big T or little T, we've all pretty much had some type of trauma in our life, whether it was trauma or chronic stress. And so when something happens to us, whether it was happening directly or indirectly, we as children, we don't really understand the world as we do as adults, right? So our sense of safety, security, love, nourishment, um, all those needs that we have as children, if they're not met, if we are not able to trust our inner experience, if we don't feel safe, if we're not able to express ourselves in a healthy way, if we have to suppress our emotions, then we start to have coping mechanisms, then we start to have what we say we call trauma responsible. That's what happens when we come into adulthood, is that we have these behaviors that we've have done since we were children. And now it's happening well into adulthood because that was the way for us to feel safe and secure. That was the way for us to get our needs met, whether it was healthy or not, but it was a way that we were able to cope when we were younger. Thank you. Thank you for that. So when you go into lone wolf, bury myself into my work, I'm in front of my computer, you're not consciously saying, I'm going to do this to avoid, right. It's a trauma response because you learned this as a pattern when you were a child. And even as an accomplished, again, master coach who's done so much work, you'll find yourself going into that, but you're aware of it now, right? You're aware of it. Okay, so uh, as far as intimacy with your husband, maybe tell me before we tell the story of your accident, what does intimacy look like for you? <sighs> Let me clarify, with any human, with any human, what does what the word intimacy look like? Well, I'm not going to go by like some Webster's... <laughs> definition. No, I'm just no, going to go by my heart. own or how does it intuitive feel? yeah. feeling here mm -hmm. is intimacy is being able to share yourself vulnerably to allow yourself to be seen and to be heard and allow yourself to see and hear others from a very respectful, compassionate and heartfelt space. Intimacy is a space where you can be yourself but also you can be with someone that will reflect who you are in a way that will help you to grow into being a better human being. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's beautiful. <laughs> I just riffed that one. So hopefully that made sense. Let me know if it doesn't. <laughs> That's why it was beautiful because it came from your heart. It came from your intuition. It was beautiful. Intimacy, that word is thrown around so much, especially with Americans. It's like we immediately think of sex. Intimacy is bad. Yeah. And I mean, you and I have had so many intimate moments as friends and coaches together. I mean, that, that intimacy can be created in any situation if you're, you're willing to and if you're willing to allow it. So when you say you wanted even more, I wanted even more with my husband. I already have a great marriage. We have a great sex life. We've got kids. We're happy. He's supportive. I love him. Why do you feel like at this point in your life, why do you think Leslie was like, you know, I think I want more? Mm. Yeah, thanks for asking that question, John. You asked really beautiful, powerful questions. Well, we're at a point in our life, I think every, most marriages and families, you know, when your children hit certain milestones in their lives and you start to measure your life with your child's life, then you start to question, right? What's next in my life, in my legacy? And my daughter turned 13 this year, which gave me all the feels. <laughs> me remembering when I was a teenager and what may be coming and what's on its way. And the fact that she's almost out the door. And I have two kids and my youngest is, is 10 and a half. So, you know, now they're more self-sufficient. We have more time. You're realizing that they're not going to be with us much longer. And so, yes, I started to question 
okay, me and my husband's relationship, like we spent so much time on the kids, really, truly, with so much intention. And now I realize we have like still a whole life ahead of us, he and I. And I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait till the kids are out the door. Like I'm working on myself. I was in this container, this Elementum Coaching Institute. And I realized, you know, what is the one thing that I'd love to work on? And as much as I said, it was intimacy with him. I realized through my accident and all the things that at the end of the day, it was, you know, being able to feel safe, intimate with myself. Yes. I so appreciate you sharing that. As I said before, the best coaches on the planet are willing to do what you just did. They're willing to step out of expert mode, step step out of, look what I know, let me teach you because you guys, she can do that. And you were willing to be totally vulnerable and have an intimate moment with women in 90 countries. You just opened yourself up in the most beautiful way. And here's what's so funny. Isn't it interesting? We were talking about intimacy And that's what you just invited and you just created with everybody here. By doing that, you just created, you just were intimacy. Whether we've got women who, maybe they're working out, maybe they're doing laundry, maybe they're on a walk, maybe, you know, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, we have women in so many different countries and different cultures who just experienced intimacy with a master coach who said she was seeking more intimacy. Mm. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you did. It was so intimate, what, that moment. Thank you for that. And, and again, thank you because it was a beautiful moment, but also, you know, to our listeners, that's what makes the best coaches in the world. Don't go by just what you see on Instagram. Don't go by the flashy, sexy stuff. It's fun to look at the reels and all that. And people say, oh, I made six figures in six months and I've coached this many people. Great. What work have you done? on yourself and in yourself? And are you willing to tell me about it? If you're not willing to tell me about it, and you can't get vulnerable enough to share with me a potential paying client or someone who follows you on Instagram, if you're not willing to share that you're still growing and, and your vulnerability, why in the world would I pay you to help me with mine? So thank you so much for that. I'm not surprised because I know you. Well, I'm just going to pause there because I just want to reflect back to you, Jill. And that's why I love you so much. And we connected so deeply in Elementum is that you're the same. You're the same. You share yourself. You're a truth teller. You're a truth seeker, truth speaker. And I think that's so important that that you and us, like when we live and speak from our truth, that's intimacy again. That's being intimacy. That's That's being who you are. And like, how can you connect with someone if you're not even connecting with the truth of who you are, like you're just, there's, there's, there's no intimacy there at all. So I love how you are and you always show up so beautifully and raw and share what's happening for you and inspiring and motivating others, you know, obviously through your podcast, but through your posts and being just really the truth of who you are and inspiring others to speak up and find their truth as well. Mm, Thank you so much. And so I'm going to use that as a teaching moment. You know, for years, I would deflect compliments. A lot of us do this, don't we, ladies? We deflect compliments. We we edit them. Oh, thanks, but. Oh, thanks, but however. And so what I've learned to do, and we're talking about being in the feminine, is just receive compliments. It even helps to say that. I used to hear people say, I received that. And I'm like, oh, what a hippie. <laughs> I, would, I would judge it. I would judge it. Oh, so woo-woo. I received this. But, but I realized that me doing that helps me actually receive that. Oh, beautiful. Ladies, when you get a compliment, no matter what it is, please pause and take it in. And I have my hand on my heart right now. You can put your hand on your heart and say, thank you so much. I received that. If it's hard to say that, you could say, okay, I'm going to let myself take that in. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And take it in. So I'm taking that in. Thank you, Leslie. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. Take it. Receive that. Yeah. And one of of my coaches who, who we know, we both know really well, she told me years ago, she said, you know what your thing is, Leslie? You need to learn how to receive. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I know how to take something. If someone's adding something to me, I know how to pick it up. <laughs> and it took me some time to understand what that meant. Yeah. It sounds so simple and easy, but it's not. <laughs> Leslie said, I don't have a spreadsheet for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a minute. Let me overthink this. 
That's exactly it. Like, which dictionary are you looking at? <laughs> and I'm going to master receiving. I'm going to count for that shit. I will be the best at receiving. Just wait. Mm-hmm. We're so much alike. Okay. So I want to repeat one sentence back. You said, I realized that what I was seeking was intimacy with my husband. And I did want that. And I do want that. And I realized that I, I'm also, and I can't have that unless I have intimacy with myself. And that, we could just, that right there is just, talk about mic drop. So beautiful. So let's, let's wrap with, and it is a positive, it has a positive end, but I do want to, since you're, you said you were willing to share with everyone, what was the accident that just happened? It was very scary as your friend hearing what happened. I mean, my God, we were terrified. What was the accident? And obviously, most importantly, what did Leslie learn? about herself? Yeah, big accident. Well, I say that actually with quotations because I realized, yes, it was an accident. And also there was a divine reason why that happened to me. And I can say that now, now that I'm on the other side, (laughs) but I couldn't when I was in it. I was in the Swiss Alps, mountain biking with my best friend and our kids. And I fell off my bike. The story that everyone is hearing is that I fell off my bike onto the rocks And I broke my clavicle in two places, AKA collarbone. And I also broke, uh, fractured my scaphoid, which is one of my wrist bones. I got helicoptered off the mountain. I had emergency surgery when I came back to Barcelona. Most painful, challenging moment in my life. And I've been through like, you know, childbirth was pretty traumatic and painful. You know, not just my best friend passed away, but my father passed away. My mother's a two-time cancer survivor. So I've been through some pretty challenging moments, but I guess nothing really directly and personal and, you know, intimately with myself. And this was really, really challenging for me. Uh, Not only was I physical pain, like excruciating, but also it just really broke my spirit. I felt like, because I was doing again, all the things that I was supposed to be doing. My relationship was actually really good with my husband. We hired a relationship coach, you know, it was like, AC and my master project in Elements and Coaching Institute, I was like 10 for 10, basically. And the universe was just like, it's just going to expand you a little bit more. And we're going to allow you to see how much can you receive, which means breaking your bones, not being able to do like literally stuff for yourself. So it was a big learning moment for me. Number one, you know, after seeing my fat, my loved ones uh, battle cancer and being in hospital a lot, I just had a bit of an aversion to Western medicine, which really set me on a very opposite end of the spectrum, like organic and all the things and vegetarian. And then I realized, okay, maybe I was a little too extreme, right? Like I realized this surgery is going to save me. You know, I remember one was the surgeon and also one of the, the acupuncturists said, just breathe, relax, no more suffering. And I was like, oh, no more suffering. Like, why do I need to suffer? Like, Now I'm like in 2021, like I can have the surgery to mend these bones. So I don't have to be in pain anymore. So that was a big learning for me is to actually surrender and know that I'm going to be okay. That these people are here to save me, to help me feel better. And not just the medical system, but also my husband, my friends, my peers, you know, I was doing this master coach training and there was a part, you know, fleeting thoughts that thought, well, if I let them know that I'm in pain and I'm suffering and I have to take some time off, that's going to mean that I'm weak. (laughs) That means that I'm vulnerable and I'm not up for the challenge. I'm not up to be master coach. And I was in so much pain. I realized, F it. (laughs) I posted, you know, like on all my social media prayers, please send your prayers, healing light, energy, all the things. (laughs) So I'm going into surgery, which is not my first choice. I've never gone into surgery. And I have to say, like, I was, people were sending me messages and voice notes and emails, and there was just so much love coming in that I was actually like, I'm like I don't even know if I can receive all of this because there was so much of it. And that was an opportunity for me as well to continue to just keep cracking myself open, like, let the light in, allow yourself to be seen and allow yourself to be loved in the messiness and in the humanness that you are. And that was the big lesson 
for me. And then of course, just allowing my husband to really hold me in a way that maybe I haven't really allowed him to hold me before because I like to do, get things done. <laughs> I like to get things done. I like to just get at it. And yeah, it just really was literally forced down to in my bed. Like I couldn't do things anymore for myself. So that was a beautiful invitation to experience my husband, experience my friends and just experience life in a whole nother way. And I know it's no coincidence that I broke my bones on the left side of my body, which is the feminine side. So as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh my God, there's some divine reason in this, but I wasn't really to like, wasn't ready for it yet. I remember one of my coaches saying, and, and you know her very well, she said, don't worry about work and all things, just focus on your healing, focus on your healing. And that's, that's all I could do. I didn't know when I would start coaching clients again. I didn't know if I was going to finish Elementum, but I just kept doing all the things, energy healing, tapping, prayer, functional medicine, acupuncture, you name it. I, I did all of it. And through all of that was able to now be in front of you and be on the other side. So really just grateful. And I know you're one of those people that reached out to me. So thank you for sending love prayers and, and healing vibes because it hasn't gone unnoticed or unappreciated. So thank you. Oh, of course. And I, you know, knowing you through our small container we had within the bigger container, when I heard of the accident, of course, had all the feels, as they say, you know, I was afraid. I didn't really know the whole story. I wasn't sure if you'd be okay. All of that concern. And it wasn't far after that. It wasn't far after that, that I was going to bed one night. Oh, I have goosebumps now. I was going to bed one night. And as I was going to sleep, I was thinking about you and just, you know, praying for you that you'd be okay. And I immediately had this vision of us coaching together when we were talking about perfection. And in my body, I felt the most clear connection between the dance that you and I both have been on, that you had been on with achievement and perfection and doing everything yourself and this accident. I mean, it's fairly obvious, right? But I mean, I felt it as I was going to sleep and I was like, this is going to be like the breakthrough for her. This is going to be it. The breakthrough. The break, the, the break literal through. breaking of the bones. And I, I will add this because I haven't been able to really add this in, in my story of the accident is what happened is I fell twice. I fell once forward and I scraped the palm, both palms of my hands and my knees. I was shivering, shaking. And I literally just got back on the bike and said, no, it's okay. I, I think I can try. I can do it. And so that lesson to me was, what the hell, Leslie, if that was one of your children, you would never force them back on the bike and tell them, let's keep going downhill. You would say, let's go to the egg, the gondola, the funicular, whatever you call it, whatever country you're in. And I didn't do that to myself. And so it was a huge lesson. Like if you are, again, this is intimacy because I had my best friend there and I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to get back on this bike. I'm going to be okay. You know, kids are watching me. No, you're in pain stop. It's okay. Tell them you can't do it. <laughs> and so that was a big lesson to me. And then also just learning to mother myself. What would I do in that instance with my children? Do that for myself. Mm. When you first told the story, you said the story people are hearing is that I fell on the rock and I thought you were going to come back and say, but the actual story is, and you never did. And I, I thought, well, I don't want to take us on that bunny trail because maybe, maybe she didn't really mean to say that. Oh boy, you meant to say that. So the real story is that, yeah, you had a bit of a warning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was, my hands were not, they were shaking. They weren't even completely on the handlebars. I don't know what I was thinking. I was not thinking, I don't know. And then just this divine, like, pushed me to the side of the mountain. I really felt like there was like this divine... <laughs> And like, you didn't get it the first time. Okay, we'll give it to you another way. Wow. <laughs> it's so it funny, now, not funny, but you said, I don't know what I was thinking. And just a little bit ago, you were talking about trauma response and you were talking about how you would bury yourself in your work. And it's like, it's like you were doing that. There just wasn't a laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. And how many times, you know, do we do that? I know everyone listening is like, oh my God, I do that. 
you know, listen to her, that accident. We could say, oh, it's a freak accident. That's just a coincidence. And we fall, something happens and we don't ask God. So is there a lesson here for me? I mean, it may not be obvious to you, but you can ask. What is the lesson I was supposed to learn here? Help me see what you want me to see because I don't see it. You can ask that question. And Leslie did. And I mean, I think it was brought to her before she even asked, but I just want to reiterate that everything happens for a reason. Sounds so cliche to say that, but it does. And there's a beautiful lesson in everything. It's not a punishment. She wasn't being punished. She didn't get knocked off her bike as a punishment. She got knocked off her bike as a gift. It was a freaking gift. Mm. Painful. In one of our first episodes, Leslie, we've talked about how I had a, a very painful lesson about a year ago. And I said it was like receiving a gift from God. And the wrapping paper was razor blades, mouse traps, and dog poop on fire. But it was the most beautiful gift I'd ever been given in my life. But I had to open the fucking present. And you yeah. had that. I mean, you, we had to quickly get through the story. But when she said she broke her collarbone, okay, I mean, this was a compound fracture. This was a very serious fracture. This was, she has a like a six-inch scar. Yeah, and I didn't finish the her. story. I actually yeah. had another procedure because there was a post-surgery complication. <laughs> so there was still something afterwards. Like still universe is like, we're not finished with you yet. <laughs> so then you had to go back in for a second surgery. Well, there was a complication and my left lung filled up with blood. So I had to be transferred to another hospital. And here in Spain, you know, most people go on holiday from like mid-August. So there was one thoracic specialist in all of Barcelona. And because of, you know, the times that we're in right now, they said, if we find you a bed, you need to take it. And if he's available, you need to have him do this procedure. So... I was really against it. I was like, no more procedures, no more cutting me open. But I was like, okay, surrender, like do it. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. Wow. Here I am and more committed and dedicated than ever to helping women because I really just feel like I really could have died on that mountain. So I'm like, I didn't. So let's go. (laughs) Yes, you didn't. And you were asking for intimacy and you got that and you were for years learning how to receive and here you're teaching women all over the world how to learn how to receive. And then you just got your final master project delivered to you, unfortunately, in a, in a very painful, painful, scary way. And to me, it's like, oh, I'm going to endorse you even more now because you've passed that master project. And now I know you have this amazing program coming up. I know some of you are listening maybe a month or two months or six months or a year after we've aired this. But those of you listening live, in in just days from now, please tell them, what do you have coming? I know how amazing it's going to be. What do you have that you're offering? Yeah, thank you for asking. So of course, anyone you know here, if you're on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at Leslie Saglio. Um, but just uh, really soon on November 11, 11, 11, just love those numbers. I'm going to start my free five-day women's event, which is five secrets to activate your feminine power and manifest your desires. So it's something um, I did last year, which was um, pretty amazing, pretty transformational. And, you know, what I've realized, again, when you bring women together in community, doing this work together, and especially as the new year is quickly approaching, you can really start to ask yourself, what is possible? Because when we align ourselves with what feels good and we shift ourselves into that receiving mode, we can really start to manifest our desires with far greater ease and flow. Mm, Well, I'll be doing it. And I invite mm-hmm. everybody here to do it. It's totally free. And I told you Leslie's a master at this. This is her thing. So I would invite you to participate with me and, and everyone else. And in that beautiful container with, with other women who are also seeking this. And um, I know you'll have a great experience. I fully trust and I fully endorse Leslie. As I said, I don't just know her. She's not a guest that, you know, I have a lot of people asking to be on this podcast and I have a company that helps me with, you know, people will reach out and it's usually a no. And they want to be on the podcast, which is great. Of course they do to share their gifts. But I'm very, 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 very selective. Also, I don't do very many interviews. I'm not, I'm a very atypical podcast, 75% solo episodes. So I know you all have heard me say this before, but if you're a new listener, 
I don't have Leslie on because she's my friend. I love Leslie and we were students together, but I don't need to help Leslie. She's not asking for help. Number two, Leslie is not on here uh, because someone put us together or asked her me to have her on here. I asked her to be on here because I've witnessed her coaching. I've experienced her coaching. I trust her. I know her personally now. I've seen her work. And I know also the people who she has studied under for years. And then now she has this huge, beautiful community. So um, you only get the best of the best on BU. And and Leslie, I'm so grateful that you said yes. I'm so, I can't wait to see who of our listeners connects with you. You know, when you're listening, you'll feel it in your body. You'll have certain guests that you love and you learn from and they're great and certain guests that you're going to feel it. So if you have any nudge towards or pull towards or whisper towards anything Leslie has shared, even if it was just one story she shared, follow that because it's not about Leslie. It has nothing to do with her. She is the person that whatever you believe in has brought into your awareness right now to bring you something that you're seeking. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Leslie, for for being here with us. So appreciate you. Thank you, Jill. Thank you for having me. This has been actually really fun. It has. (laughs) I love always connecting with you. (laughs) Oh, I do too. And I will see you in a few days on your event. Oh, thank you. And I hope that your listeners found this supportive. So much love to you. Okay, again, Leslie Saglio, S-A-G-L-I-O on Instagram and at lesliesaglio.com. All right, thanks everybody. 